Praise God. Praise the Lord. And I appreciate the goodness of the Lord and uh, the way he's been a blessing and helping us and uh, the way the Lord comes by. Amen. You know, now, everybody knows that I'm big on church attendance. Just, just big on church attendance. And... Uh, uh, and I tell you how I, th- I sort of compare it sometimes. If you work on a job by the hour, and uh, whatever your wages are per hour, let's say $20 an hour, and uh, you miss a day's work, you come up $160 short. You miss two days' work, you've come up $320 Short on your paycheck. Don't come and complain I don't have no money. You see what I'm talking about? When when people don't are not faithful to God and faithful to prayer and faithful in all ways of a Christian, don't complain because you get cold and indifferent and feel like that you're left out in the cold. You get to where you don't feel a part of it anymore. Praise God. I'll tell you what, you won't make more money than work regular. Amen? You know what it does? It gives you more options to buy and to have. In the same way, the more we pray, the more we attend the house of God. Uh, and I know sickness and things come. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about habitual, just laying out laying out here and going somewhere doing something else all the time. I'm going to tell you what, we're going to come up short one day, aren't we? We'll come up short. So I appreciate the Lord. I appreciate all that he's doing and going to do. And uh, I've, uh, I'm going to try to preach tonight again. And uh, I don't know exactly, exactly everything. Uh, but I know that a few weeks ago, there were several messages that the Lord has given me in the last short while. And I search and I, I, I keep a little list on my phone of those thoughts as the Lord gives them to me. And uh, I search and I pray till I find the exact one that I feel like the Lord wants us to preach. It's not what I want to preach as, as far as that goes, Brother Allen. I wish I could preach every night. That in in one sense of speaking, that everybody would be on their feet and they'd be running the aisles and uh, they would be uh, uh, just glorifying God and praising God. Just uh, I mean, having a hoorah time. But let me tell you something. When evangelists come through, we look for basically sometimes for the most part two messages or two themes, and that is. Uh, get the church built up by shouting on shouting ground or preaching down to the lost. Where the lost is at, preaching to them, trying to bring them in. But a pastor has to cover a lot of different subject matters in the house of God because of who he is and the job that he has. And so tonight I want to read to you. Uh, I know where we're starting. I don't know where we'll stop. But we'll try to read to you. And I asked the Lord tonight just to 
If he would, help me one more time. The Lord would just help me one more time. Because I never know when it's going to be my last time in this pulpit. And you don't know when it's going to be your last time at church. Amen. 2 Timothy 2 and 22, flee also youthful lusts, but follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God preventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who have taken captive by him at his will. Some weeks ago, I don't know, two or three, I'm not sure, but it, as it's been quite often here lately, uh, God wakes me up during the night hours. I don't look at the clock. If I ain't got my contacts in, I can't see anyways. And uh, uh, so I don't know. I just know it's dark, dark outside, and it's up in the morning hours. And uh, as I was laying there, I saw what I'm going to preach on tonight. And verse 26 talked about a snare, the snare of the devil. And we could maybe title it that, the snare of the devil or the trap of the devil. And I want to read to you another scripture along that line. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11 through 12. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise nor riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. It means we're going to leave this world. We can't escape it. For man also knoweth not his time as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in a snare. So are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. I had a lot of thoughts about traps and, and, and things, and I've trapped some coons, and years ago we tried to trap a little bit of things. Didn't know much about how to trap. But uh, there's a fella not too far from here. We hunt on his farm. But he's uh, been in his lifetime a professional trapper, and sometimes he was hired by the government to even trap certain, certain animals and things. But he knows all types of techniques of how to trap and get animals. Uh, he's, been, uh, he's been called on by the Game Commission, am I right, Laney, to put on workshops, seminars, things, teaching people that want to learn how to go about successfully, Brother Howard, trapping. Different types of techniques are used to do so. But trapping has been around from, for centuries, from the times of the Bible all the way through. There was times there in the Bible that, uh, 
They took traps and snares, pits and honey nets and uh, these, these things and this term uh, in one way or the other has been mentioned over 90 times in the Bible. So if it's mentioned over 90 times in the Bible, there must be some type of importance to this. And oftentimes the Lord will take a scripture like this to illustrate He's not really interested in telling us how to trap a lion or trap a bird as oftentimes they would take and trap birds uh, for, for one reason or another, sometimes for food and sometimes it was for a sacrifice. They would trap that bird for, for uh, the offering of a sacrifice. And so here there's something about once that thing is caught, it stops whatever it is right there from moving or going any further than where it's at. It may move around in the trap, but it ain't going nowhere. It's not going to go anywhere because it's caught in a trap. Once it's caught there and the trap catches, it stops the mobility. It takes away the peace of mind of that animal if you've ever been and saw an animal that has been trapped, they, they're irritable, they panic, they even sometimes chew off a leg, trying their best to escape. Some have even killed themselves, broke their necks, trying to get out of a, a trap or a snare. And so, we find that when, when, when that animal or that bird, whatever it is, gets into the trap, it is in someone else's control. They no longer can control their behavior. They cannot control where they're going and when they're coming back. They cannot control their future. Praise God. Because they've been caught in a trap, and they're at somebody else's mercy. And so, uh, traps are usually set in, in a place that's where it's often traveled, in a path, a place where they can hide it and disguise it. I remember when Laney was in the Marine Corps, uh, they, they trained a lot of soldiers, uh, uh, to, especially during the Vietnam War back in the 60s. They were, he brought in a book, and, and you know, Vietnam was, uh, was a place where there was a lot of jungle, a lot of brush, a lot of things. But, but those people were smart when it comes to taking bamboo and just other things and making pits and little things, Brother Howard, that would trigger... Just simple, simple things. But you know what it would do? It would take their life. They, they would, they would uh, know, just knew how to go about doing it. And so they trained those people, those soldiers, and even different branches of the military that fought the ground to recognize, look before they enter a place, see if there's a trap set. Because it could save their life or it could cost them their life. Amen. One of the things, whether 
I know we call it baiting a trap. Um, and, and sometimes you've got to have the right bait for the right animal. You've got to know what they like. But you know what? When, when this bait is put in there, again, I told a fellow one time that I worked with, bless his heart, I liked him. I really did. He's, he's passed away now. And he, he was a smart man. He, was, uh, he taught school, and he taught many different subjects, and uh, he was our assistant principal, and he was a sharp fella. But you never named nothing. He didn't know more than you did about him. I liked him. I mean, he's just my friend. He knew, I don't care what you talked about. He knew more about it than you did. He would take conversation away from you. You had to sit and listen to him then. So one day I was uh, looking at something and I, I, I come up on this odd thing. It was odd to me because I don't reckon we got no monkeys around here. You know, unless they're in a cage or somebody owns one. But they're not wild. But in the parts of the world where there's monkeys, I read the story and I recently just read it again to make sure that I was right on this. How one of the best ways that they trapped a monkey. And so I thought, boy, I got him now. It was in our, and like I say, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Any subject, he knew more. He'd take it away from me. Didn't mean to. He just, just his way. And I thought, one day I thought to myself, if he ever gets talking again like that, I'm going to ask the question, do you know how to trap a monkey? So We'd sit around the table at lunchtime or maybe before school started and we'd be sitting there and, and uh, be a talking, drinking coffee before the kids got there. Anyways, one day we was talking I said to so-and-so, I said, do you know how to trap a monkey? Hey, I seen his brain going, going over everything. He couldn't pull nothing out. He couldn't pull not the first thing out about how to trap a monkey. But I read where that natives will, will, will take a log, a hollow log or something, and, and they'll bore a hole in, in that log, and, and they'll place uh, some object. And, you know, monkeys are curious. They'd place an object in there, and that monkey would reach through there and grab a hold of it and ball his fist up. And when he balled his fist up, he couldn't get his foot back out of the hole. All he would have had to done was let it go. But it's something about the nature of a monkey. When they grab a hold of it, and they hold it there, they'll stay there until they die. And he didn't know how to catch a monkey, but he learned how to that day. <laughs> how they trapped the monkey. And so I just want to tell you, there is a trap that can be used on Maybe not the same trap, but there's different traps can be used on different things. Amen. In the book of Amos, it's asking a question here, speaking about birds. It says, can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth? Well, we know that it can fall into a trap or a snare, a bird. But it it's went on to say where no gin is for him. And the word gin here 
means bait. Can you, can a bird be caught upon the earth where there's no bait or no trap for him? It's hard to catch it. You're not going to catch it by hand very seldom. There has to be a trap and there's got to be bait. Something to lure them in. Amen. You pray for me tonight. If it was left up to me, I probably wouldn't preach this. But it ain't, it's not up to me. All of us are subject to falling in a trap. And I want you to remember what I said earlier. When we get caught in a trap, we lose control of some things. It restricts us. It'll take away our freedom. It'll take away our joy. It'll take away our shout. It'll take away our happiness. It'll, it'll break up a home. It'll break up a job. It'll break up anything we can think about. It'll cause men and women to lose their minds when we fall to the trap. No matter what it ever is, whether it's just pride, carnality, envy, anger, lack of forgiving somebody, lack of gratitude, just so many other combinations of things that the devil's got out there. The devil wants every one of us to be caught in his trap. He don't want you to enjoy life. Most of all, he don't want any of us to go to heaven. You see, he's got one thing on us that we don't, we don't, we know about it, but we've never experienced it. He has experienced a portion of what heaven's like. You ever think about that? He knows how good it is. He knows what's there, where God's at now. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But if it's anything like, What's there now? He knows it's going to be a good place. And he'd like to do everything against God that he can. And then one of the things he does is because we're the creation of God, creation, created in his likeness, his image, in his nature, he wants to make us miss that place called heaven. Amen. <coughs> In Job 18, verse 5, Yea, the light of the wicked shall be put out, and the spark of his fire shall not shine. The light shall be dark in his tabernacle, the candle shall be put out with him. The steps of his strength shall be straightened, and his own counsel shall cast him down. For he is cast into a net by his own feet. He walketh upon a snare, and the gin shall take him by the heel, and the robber shall prevail against him. The snares laid for him in the ground and a trap for him in the way. Let me tell you tonight, as long as we've been going to church, we've been going to church for a long time. Been a Christian for a long time. 
And there's been many a trap set for me. There's been traps set for you. There'll be traps up in the future that'll be set for every one of us. And I'll tell you one thing. If we don't keep our eyes looking, we'll fall into the trap of the snare. We'll fall into the trap of the, of the fowler. Amen. I thought about today as I was uh, preparing to, you know, church tonight. And uh, I thought, Lord, what my job is, pastor's job is to encourage the people, try to bless the people, try to help the people, try to do something. But you know what it all boils down to? It's trying to get us all to get to heaven. Whatever way we got to do it. Amen. And I'm trying my best tonight to tell you there's traps laid out. It says here in the book of Job, it says that snare seizes him by the heel and it traps him. That, that gin or that trap. And it says that it's like a robber is waiting on him. He traps him. You know, robbers in the, in the, you know, I preached a few weeks ago where, where it went through that valley. And that was a place out in that valley where robbers stayed. And they would try to trap the people there and rob them. Let me tell you tonight, the Bible says that he's a thief and he's a robber. He wants to rob every last one of us of our peace and our joy and our happiness in our life. Praise God. And most of all, he wants to rob us of our ticket to heaven. Amen. We find that uh, he, knows, he knows the path we're on. He knows where we're headed. He knows where we walk. He knows all about that. But you know what? That there's something about that the devil has a way of camouflaging. Uh, men love camouflage. Most men do. I mean, we like camouflage britches. We like camouflage shirts. And, and uh, I mean, we just, we just like camouflage. And some women like camouflage. Nothing there. But really, the purpose of camouflage is to keep from being able to recognize it, and it blends in with the scenery. Y'all hear me? It blends in. How many's ever looked on the internet and they'll show up them pictures that says, find this animal? And those animals sometimes will be lurking around in rocks or leaves or wherever, and they take on the appearance and their body has the coloration of, of the surroundings, and you really got to look hard sometimes. Because it's camouflage. I'm going to tell you tonight. He is the master. The devil is the master of camouflage. Traps. Camouflage those things. That will take away our freedom. Amen. In the, in the book of Ephesians. He gives a caution here. I won't read all of it. He says. Wherefore he saith. Awake thou that sleepest. Rise from the dead, dead, and Christ shall give thee light. 
See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the times because the days are evil. It's evil. We're in evil time. Amen. He cautions them. We're living. Could I tell you tonight, I want to go to heaven. I want everybody, I want, and I'm here tonight to try to make sure the best that I know how to warn us that there's a trap out there. How many times, how many times has preachers, not just me, preachers all over this country has warned people and warned people and they would not heed to the warning and they fall in a trap? Too, way too many times that it could have been avoided. It could have been uh, went around another way. We find that uh, children of Israel was cautioned and warned when they were to go over in Canaan. They were told not to mix and mingle and marry the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites. Not the intermarriage. Because if it would if they did do that, there was a possibility that the gods and, the, and their culture would influence them to turn away from what they've been taught all of their life. I'm going to give every one of y'all. We got people here that's never been married. We got people that's been married and they, uh, they, they, they've lost their spouse. So, you plan on getting married again, hard. But if you do, I'm preaching to you. <laughs> you know, a little humor goes a long way sometimes. Oh, hell. Yeah, it'll soften a hard biscuit. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I have warned people, and I'm a firm believer in this. If you're a Christian, we call ourselves Pentecostal homeless people. And I'm not saying these other people ain't going to heaven. But you're better off to marry somebody that believes like you do. You listen to me, Emily? Okay. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm not going to get into people. I know there's more people going to heaven than Pentecostal people. That ain't what I'm talking about. I've got enough sense to realize. But I am a saint. You marry somebody out of your faith, in most cases, I don't know why it is, but among the homeless people, the other faith will win them over. Almost every time. Almost every time. It'll win them over. They struggle. And 
after a while, that person will be put in a position to make a decision. Mommy or daddy, whichever it would be, wants to raise them this way and the other wants to raise the children this way. You see what I'm talking about? Amen. And there's been many a person. I mean, once you're married, you're married. You've been said, I do, and now it's I have to. But I'm going to tell you this much. They could save herself a lot of trouble if they'll pray about it, get a hold of God. And let me tell you something about when you pray. Sometimes the devil will answer and you think it's God. You better make sure. We have lost, all over this country, people have lost church members because they married out of their faith. And he cautioned them, don't get tied up with them Canaanites. They'll get you serving their God just like they're doing. They'll get you offering sacrifices just like they're doing. You'll start behaving just like they behave. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. There's one or two things going to happen after this service tonight. You're going to love me to death. You're going to hate me. Praise God. But I'm a preaching the truth. I'm trying to warn you there is a trap set for you. Praise God. And I'm not preaching just to one person. I feel like on my heart, and this is what God gave me, I'm preaching to several people here tonight. There's a trap set for you. You never get too old or too young to fall into a trap. Amen. And so he told them, don't, don't get tied up with them. Time goes on. They settle over there in the land of Canaan. They've already wandered for 40 years in the wilderness because of a false report and people were scared of giants. But he made a promise that you get to go over and they went over. They go over by Jericho. They go over by Jordan and, and they take city and, and he tells them, said, you get rid of all of them over there because there'll be a snare to you. Amen. How many has ever heard the phrase, and I don't know how to define this. How many ever heard the phrase that love Love will blind you. Love is blind. You know, it's blind. Let me tell you what. One of the greatest men, among the greatest men in the Word of God, was full of wisdom. Knew how, he was an inventor. I mean, you remember when he, when he was chosen king? He didn't ask for riches. Y'all remember that fellow by the name of Solomon? Man, he had everything. If, if a man ever wanted to be a king, he had it all going for him. He was asked questions, what would you like to have from the Lord? In so many words, he said, all I ask to do, no, 
I'd like to be able to discern between the good and evil, the bad, you know, right and wrong. And he said, I'll, I'll give you that. But also because you ask not for all of this other stuff, I'm going to bless you with wealth. I'm going to bless you. Praise God. He was so popular. He was so intelligent. He had such a way with his people that the queen of Sheba traveled everywhere from far away to come to see the wisdom of this man. The wisdom that God gave him. Who would have ever thought that he would have ever failed the way like he did and fall by the wayside? And the sad part of that story is there was a trap set for him. You see, in that, in that day, I think the proper word is the Hiram. Is that right? Where they, men were, they, they were by their, uh, you know, around here, it's size of the farm you got and how many cattle you got on it. Theirs was the size of their Hiram, their, their wives and their concubines. And that, that gave them a high-ranking position. And so, as all of those things that was there, listen to me now, listen to me. I'm a preaching to you. Solomon, but King Solomon, loved many strange women. Together with the daughter of Pharaoh. My, why and well would he want to get tied up with uh, somebody that don't even believe in God. But it said, verse 2, and of the nations, and he said he also had women of the Moabites, the Amorites, the Edomites, Zidonites, Hittites. I mean, he had every one of them. And that was one thing that every one of them brought with them was their little God. They brought their God with them. How many ever heard saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? Huh? If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. So, Solomon, you got all these women. And they ain't happy. They want a temple for their God. They want a place and a time to worship. My goodness. I, I think having a wife is a great thing. But I'm going to tell you one thing. If you got one that fusses all the time, you got trouble. In the same way, honey, if you got a man that he don't never hardly give you a good word, if it wasn't wrong, I'd say slap him till Jesus comes in his life. But I can't say that. Amen. But I'm saying that's a miserable time. I'm going to say this right here because I felt, I felt something puncture me to say this. When people are first married... 
I have no plan of saying these. I'm just telling you, it's coming right off. I'll tell you what. They just couldn't, couldn't stay away one from another. Had to be with them all the time. Had to be a call them all the time. Had to be talking to them all the time. Had to be going somewhere all the time. Laugh at little silly things that wasn't even funny. But as time goes on, and there's a snare set. We don't laugh and joke no more. We grow farther and farther apart. And when we get farther and farther apart, even from God, same relationship, you know what? Devil set a snare for him. Amen. He'll set us there. Said that he turned, that all of his, uh, had 700 white, oh my Jesus, 700 white, and princesses, 300 concubines. I mean, he had a thousand women that try to keep a smile on their face. How would you like to take a thousand women out shopping? Be rough, wouldn't it? What if he's going to get carpet for the castle? You had to get a thousand women to agree on what color you wanted. Impossible. Amen. And so, he had all of those. But he said, here, and it said, uh, he, uh, he told him there in that verse 2, he says, if you go that way, they will turn away your heart after their gods. And here, as I said, love is blind. Solomon clave unto these in love. He all thousand of them. And after a while, Solomon got old. And his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as he, the heart of David his father. He went after all sorts of gods. I'll not get into that. He even for the strange wives, he, he done the same thing. And after a while, it says, and had commanded him, and said, in other words, it said here, the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. And he had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but kept not that which the Lord commanded. You remember the other night I preached on about the anger of God. You know, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God because of God's anger. You remember we preached that the part was, the poem that the fellow wrote, the worst part is, is when we fall out of his hands. Amen. And you know what causes us to fall out? 
is there's a trap laid. Amen. And you know what? I've had traps laid out for me many a times on the job and other places of all sorts of different, different, different labels can be put on it. But I thank God that there's a spirit that speaks to me. Uh, Carol, you remember several years ago, I, I don't know what it was exactly. It wasn't nothing between me and you. But there was something going on and you was going out to the clotheslines and the Lord spoke to you, and I was like in the house, in the kitchen, and I, I told her, I said, Carol, let me tell you what the Lord just spoke to me. She says, let me tell you what the Lord spoke to me. I said, go ahead first. She said, the Lord said, it's a trap. You remember that? I said, that's the exact words that he said to me. Praise God. It was a trap. It's a trap. Don't be caught up in a trap. Don't get, get in a trap and if it's got a hold of your heel, try to break loose from that trap. Because the, the trapper one day is going to visit that trap and he's going to find whatever's caught in that trap and more than likely he'll finally take that, that thing's life away. When he finds it's caught in the trap, amen. We know the story of David. He was caught in a trap of Bathsheba. Amen. He should have been, instead of being at home, he should have been out on the battlefield with his army. When he saw her bathing up on the rooftop, he should have turned his head and then go back for a second look. And if he felt that it enticed him, he should have prayed and said, God, help me not to desire. Because it was a trap set for David. A man that was after God's own heart. Amen. A man after his own heart. Three Psalms. Psalms 32, 38, and 51. Read them. After David had sinned and, and repented, and the Bible said, and the sword would never... There would always be that mark. Reminder, Alan, and the damage that it did to his home. Amen. And it said here, and it said in Psalms 38, here's David feeling so bad about what had happened. I am troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all day long. For my loins are filled with loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I'm feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of disquietness of my heart. You know what? David loved the Lord. He tried to worship Him. But even when, when he tried to worship Him, for a while there was this barrier thing called guilt. He felt so guilty. I failed God. I failed God. Will God ever forgive me? Will God ever give me another chance to, 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 you know, there's an old saying. Just goes simple like this. If a dog bites you the first time, it probably could be the dog's fault. But if the same dog bites you twice, it could be because 
you forgot what to do, it, it becomes our fault. And that's the same way in life about things. And so, as, as he wrote there in Psalms, also in 38 and 21, he, he was so broken up, he said, Forsake me not, O Lord, O my God, be not far from me. You know, David's friends saw the shape that he's in. He said, My lovers and my friends stand aloft from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. He says, You know what? You know what? It happens right here. He says, Listen. He says, Even my, my relatives sees the shape that I'm in. Right here. He sees the shape that I'm in. And so, when it when he, he goes on down to say, John, verse John 2 and 15, Love not the world, neither the things that end the world. If any man love the world, the love of fathers not in him. For all that is in this world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. It is not the father, but of this world. But the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that goeth, uh, doeth it, the will of God abideth forever. Let me tell you what. There has been people, the devil has offered them business. I mean, hey, we got a big business going over here. You can make all kinds of money, businesses. It ain't just lust of the flesh I'm preaching about tonight. I'm just trying to cover a lot of different bases. I'm telling you tonight, there is a trap. He knows what to bait it with. Praise God. How many... On everybody close their eyes. How many would like to lose weight? Raise your hand. Don't you know about it? Look around. Are we done? Take your hand now. Okay. We'd like to lose weight. Well, <laughs> sometimes I laugh myself. How many knows probably what's making you not lose weight? What foods do you really like the most that's fattening? Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what, I could eat a jar of mayonnaise. Dukes. I mean, I love mayonnaise. I like mayonnaise. Praise God. Somebody, anybody here eats ice cream on a regular basis? <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> I mean, we know what it is that we that causes us, but you know, sometimes getting the willpower to control that appetite. Hey, I have the same problems. Praise God. It's hard to control our appetite. As I said, some is pride, some is money, some is pleasure. That's hey, you know one of one of the greatest traps that's that's happened to the to the churches all over this country is sports and entertainment. It's trapped people. They're, they're, I mean, it's everywhere. It ain't, we're just not the only place that's like that. It's everywhere. There's people that, it's like the Bible said, that in the last days people would become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I didn't write that book. I told y'all the other night, they got me started on this kayak stuff. Here I'm 68 years old and rode my first kayak. kayak. 
Can't even say it. You know, that's that little bitty boat. <laughs> well, I go paddling down through there, go a mile and a quarter, a mile and a quarter back. I told Brother Mike the other day, and I told it in church tonight, I said, about one more trip, I'm, I'm ready for the Olympics. Now, I like it. I'll probably get bored with it. And somebody might get a good deal on a kayak. <laughs> right now, Mike, I like it. He's got to enjoy it. I'm going to tell you why. I ain't going to let going to the river, going to the lake on Sunday night. I'm not going to let simple pleasures of life that's nothing wrong with kayaking. There's nothing wrong with me going hunting as long as I don't lay out a church to go. You see what I'm talking about? A trap don't have to be a bad woman or a bad man. Honey, they, there's all kinds of traps out there. Because we like these things and we desire these things and we enjoy these things and he'll cause us to... to, to uh, Robert, do you like going to auctions? You and Mike. He got me on that a little bit. Online bidding. But Robert, there's probably a lot of nights you could be somewhere at an auction and not be in church. But Robert, when y'all's marriage was broke up, me hands, both of you, hold her hand. I ain't got no hope. Put your arm around her shoulder. All right. I know that seems funny, but let me tell you what. Right here's a couple. Their lives was nearly destroyed. Am I right, Kathy? For several years. A long time. Almost got you hell, didn't it? One of the best workers we got in the church. How many agrees with that? Lift your hand. She's a worker. You don't care me tell you. Alcohol almost killed you, didn't it? Robert living in the back of a car, homeless on the streets. Robert, when you lost that girl, how old was she? 17 years old. 17 years old in a house fire. Right, right, listen. All right. I'm not in no trap. All right, that's it. Got to make up your mind not to fall in a trap again. But as much as it ain't been somebody else, but what if Robert loved the auctions like he loves to do it? He just enjoys it and gets and all that stuff. I'm gonna tell you what: the devil could take that auction and keep him out of the house of God, and you'd backslide in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> five minutes, uh, uh, it's 
Right. Right, right. I understand. Right, right. Right, he does. He sure does. Right, right. Praise God. You see, that's why the devil would like to trap him. He'd like to take what he's feeling right now. His blessings and all that. And I'll tell y'all what. Carol knows. You know, how many years have you had your house now? <laughs> He's going to got it. Two-thirds way paid for. And didn't have nothing. Got a private business on the side, a little business. Generates a little extra money. But see, you think the devil wouldn't use that auction to keep him Kathy out of church? And then the thing of it is, Robert, if we fall for that trap, he, he won't stop taking away from him. That's something about the devil don't do. I mean, he, he takes more than one thing. Go ahead. Right. Right. That's right. That's good. All right. Let me wind this thing up. I done made the point. But I, I, and I don't want you to think that I'm just picking on that one general area. I'm talking about any kind of trap. I've seen some men that used to come to this church that was pretty good coming to church faithful. And you know what got them? 
That's back when we had Saturday night church. They laid out a church on Wednesday night to do odd jobs. They laid out a church on Saturday night to do odd jobs. And it wasn't long before their jobs, and they was working a regular job. This was extra work. Then sometimes we got to get this job done, get this people's house back together. We'll just have to work on Sundays. And guess what? They lost plumb out of church. I mean, they lost a lot. A lot of things just because of it. So, again, he knows what to bait that trap with tonight. Let me finish up real quick. Hit a positive note here. What are we going to do if we do fall into a trap? Are we just going to stay caught? What are we going to do? Amen. How, I mean, if you get caught in it, what are we going to do? I tell you what, there's a way out of that trap. He said, if we confess our sins, he that is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 and 9. The writer said, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, uh, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. In the book of Psalms, chapter 32, David was writing. In Proverbs, he says, who conceals his transgressors will, transgressions will not prosper, but who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. Amen. Praise God, Lord, if I ever get caught in a trap before the devil ever gets there, where I'm at, would you get me out of it? Lord, would you trip the lever? Would you untie the snare? Would you do whatever needs? God, I'm sorry. That's what I'm preaching about tonight. I'm not condemning us. But I'm saying tonight, if we get caught in a trap, let's confess our sin and get out. That's the only way that we can get out of that trap. Amen. You remember that scripture when he said he was talking there. He was talking to the people. And then he, the final words, uh, and yet they would not. They would not. If we refuse to be released out of that trap, Hopefully we can see it before we ever get there. But if we do get caught in that trap, God will try to help us out of it. And if we don't get out of it, it's because we refuse God. We refuse God coming by. Amen. All sorts of verses. It says, uh, cleanse me from my iniquity. Amen. All of those verses in there. Give us a song tonight, if you will. Praise God. I preach to you that what the Lord gave me. Amen. And uh, I just want to tell each one of us. I'm, I'm, you know, I might be pastor and I may be preaching a long time. But you know what? He sets traps for a lot of preachers. There's been a bunch of them that's failed. As I said, some has been because of lust of the flesh. 
Some has been business transactions. Some of them have just been so many things. Just pleasure after pleasure after pleasure and neglecting their duties, their obligations, and the things that they, neglecting their prayer life. Amen. And I know that me as pastor, I'm, 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 I'm a, you know, I've got to be here every service, so to speak. But when you're not the pastor and you're a lay member, you have options. I'll stay home tonight or I'll do this and I'll go do that and, and whatever else that comes along. And uh, um, after a little while, we, we get to where we enjoy being away from church than we do being in church. Amen. I'm just trying to help us tonight. God... Don't let nobody here think tonight that I'm trying to whip somebody because I ain't. I'm not doing that. I'm just trying to say that you may not be, you may not even see it. I may not even see it. But somewhere between now and the time I leave this world, there'll be devil set some traps for us. Sometimes it's, it can be nothing but anger. Some people have a problem with their temper. And you think the devil won't set a trap for somebody that's got a high temper? Try to get them to lose their temper and say things they wish they'd never said or done? I'm, I'm preaching just basic old simple things tonight. Amen. Let's stand if you will. This altar's open again for just general. I, I think our, our prayer altar has just been been helping us all and uh, this altar is open anybody won't just come up and let's pray a while and ask God to help us Lord help me see the trap don't let me fall in it but Lord if I do fall would you please come to my rescue before the devil gets there amen alright sing